This is the good, the Baz, and the ugly. I'm the Baz. Well, that no, I'm Baz. That sounds weird if I were going around calling myself the Baz. Anyway, uh, look, this podcast is filled with uncensored interviews with experts in particular fields or real-life stories from people who have inspiring personal tales to tell. It covers various topics and life stories that I've really dug, you know what I mean? And I think you'll dig them too. Just so you know, this podcast is for grown-ups. It may contain adult themes, sexual references, and strong language. Fuck yeah! No, I just wanted to. Sheet. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you're about to hear is true. Hold it now, wait, hold it. I know you're gonna dig this. I think the best thing for me to do is to introduce him. What the... What's his name? Baz Ashwami. It's not Baz Ashwami. It's Baz Ashmawi. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's uh, episode 22 of The Good, The Baz and The Ugly. Um, You're very, thank you for tuning in again, because I'm always amazed that people listen to this, to be honest with you. Uh, But it's interesting stuff. It's interesting stuff. Had a good week. How was your week, Mahi? Yeah, Mahi's a bit low today. Let me, I'll, I'll tell you something to cheer you up. I brought my kids on a little breakaway. We went to like a, a holiday home in, in, in Wicklow. And they went on to traditional Irish holiday, right? They begged me day after, please, can we go swimming? Please, can we go swimming? Please, can we? And I was like, yeah, yeah, look, we'll go swimming. It's, it's, it's a bit fucking cold, I'll be honest with you. But like, if you want, no, please, can we go swimming? Can we go swimming? Three days in, I said, I broke. I just said, okay, we'll take them swimming. They got in. And I swear to God, they lasted about three. They got the hard work done. Honestly, they were. They were so scarred. If you get a chance, you should check out my Instagram because I took a photo of them. And it was it was my daughter Hannah who was lying on a on the sand in Wicklow with a tricolour beach towel wrapped around her, crying. Now it's it's probably not good parenting to laugh out loud like a musketeer while your daughter is bawling over. Like it's just a fact she was so scarred. The two of them were so scarred by getting into into the water. But but I think it just summed up the Irish holiday perfectly, perfectly. So um, so that gave me a lot of enjoyment this week. So it had me thinking about young people. And I have a goddaughter. Her name is Emily Murphy. She's very cool, right? She's a very cool young girl. She's uh, she's one of the coolest um women i know uh, i i love her very much i'm immensely proud of her um she played football for the arsenal academy as a as a as a young girl and then chelsea women's she's been on loan in the wsl to birmingham now again like i say she's just turned 18 just finished school um she's loads of accolades none of which i can remember right now i think chelsea supporters she was young player of the year. She won the FA Youth Cup. Uh, she won. She won the FA Youth Cup Player of the Game as well. Um, and I think she won the Continental Cup with Chelsea. Anyway, she's the fucking bomb. Um, but I thought she'd be a great person to talk to in regards to um, sacrifice. I suppose you know what it takes to succeed um, in in something that's so competitive and so niche. Also, being being a young woman. Um, uh, how hard that is and and you know uh, what what that's like so i had a long chat with her it was long overdue i haven't spoken to her in in way too long she lives in the uk and 
I had such a lovely chat with her. It was so nice um, and was so good. And I, I, I always get something from chatting to her. And I think you will too. Um, this is that chat. Emily, what's crack-a-lacking, girl? <laughs> not much, not much. Yeah, it's you're looking good, me. you're looking sharp. Listen, straight away, everyone's going to go, ah, oh, look at him bringing his goddaughter on. So what I want you to do is, I want you to give me a rough rundown. And I know you're a real modest girl, so I need you to shake that shit off straight away. And just tell me okay. what you've done football-wise, as in... What have you won? Um, have you broken mm-hmm. any records? Um, mm-hmm. I should start by saying, what age are you? You're you're eighteen, right? Eighteen, yeah, eighteen this year. Okay, you're eighteen Just this year. 18. So, so tell me, give me give me some football stats here. Uh, so, youngest player to play for Chelsea Women's, um, youngest player to score for Chelsea Women's, third youngest ever in the WSL to score. I scored in every competition that I played in for Chelsea. So that was FA Cup, League, Continental Cup. Uh, you've yeah, won, have you won, you've won an FA Cup, right? Uh, yeah, so I've won a, an FA Youth Cup. Uh, nearly won two. Won one with Arsenal and should have won a second with Chelsea, but because of the pandemic, everything was cut short. So, okay, so straight away, I just want to tell them, shut up, okay? So you're, you're pretty much the bomb, in other words. So I just wanted to get clear <laughs> that straight away. So let's go, let's go way back right so you're little mm-hmm. emily what when did you start getting into sport what age were you uh probably around five or six in the playground i'd always come home with cuts and grazes all over my knees from playing with the lads and on the concrete but uh i think i was actually signed so i was picked up when i went for a summer school the parents were trying to kick me out for summer get me at camps and um i did a chelsea soccer school which the guy basically said at the end of the camp to my parents, like, you need to, you need to take her to a trial. And my parents thought, oh, yeah, like, you say that to everyone, like, well done. And then the following year, they said the exact same thing. And another coach had actually said it and said, no, on a serious note, like, you need to take her down. And so they did. And it worked out quite well. And I've played in academy football ever since, to be honest. I know your dad used to, I remember back in the day, your dad used to brag about what a good rugby player he thought you were. <laughs> Right. This he still is what, thinks this, to this, this is what day. he was angling for, right? Yeah, yeah. He still thinks to this day that I'm a better rugby player than I am footballer. <laughs> Which is saying yeah. quite a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, of so from I suppose from an influencing um, atmosphere, where, where did that ether come from? Was that from was that from dad? Was that from mum? Was that? I think, to be honest, at school, like there wasn't a huge influence. On the weekends, like I'd watch my dad play rugby, so the sporting background was always from my dad uh, he'd obviously always take me to training when I was nine ten I was playing for Chelsea and he was having to commute an hour there and back fuck me like, did you not have an iPad or something because most kids honestly, would just zone out but you were actually honestly, watching yeah. the matches and getting quite into it were you yeah no I absolutely loved it um it, it was a, I don't know it was just completely different and I think now like seeing my sisters and my sister's mates I just I couldn't be sat on my iPad the whole day I still don't think I could. So, so talk to me then. When did when did football or soccer? When did that become start to get a little bit more serious? I think it was I was sixteen and I was playing in the under 18s FA Youth Cup final, and um, I'd asked to train up, and I'd never trained up before. I trained with academies, but I was kind of like I'd always thought of myself as 
as good as anyone else there, but never better, never really worse, just pretty average. And I was then asked to train and play with the possibility of playing in the FA Cup final for them. I thought oh, this would be a great opportunity, but not not get my hopes up. It then came around and the day of the game, I was told by the coach, he went, the possibility of you playing today is, is quite high. Um, came to like the last 25 minutes of the game. I came on, I scored and we ended up winning that game. And from then on, I was kind of like, okay, I can, I can take this to the next level. And what's then the, what's I it like the, to score at that age in a match like that? Um, for my dad, <laughs> he, uh, he actually said he nearly passed out. He was, he went lightheaded cause he held his breath for so long, jumped up, sh- shouting, screaming. It was my first crowd as well, like proper crowd in the stadium. Yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. It still is. I think scoring like club country, it's still, it's an unmatched feeling at the moment. Because what I wonder about sometimes is when did, did you, like, did you notice that you were going down a path where you were going to have to make sacrifices that other girls your age or boys your age wouldn't have to make? Or was there a moment that something clinched, kind of clicked in your head where you kind of thought, oh, this, there's, there's two ways I can go now, you know? I don't know if it was a moment as such because I, I played quite young and I, I played properly quite young. It was more of like I didn't have as much of a social life as most of my mates, even from a young age. The play dates after school, going around to your friend's house, having dinner, like I didn't really get to do many of that because as soon as I was home, I was then eating my dinner and heading off to football. And that was from a young age. Who was taking you to football then all the time? <laughs> my dad. Your dad was. That's yeah. a pain in the arse. As a dad, I can tell you that that like because how far were where were you playing for then? You were playing for Arsenal then, was it? Yeah, so Arsenal and Chelsea, they're around an hour away, 45 minutes on a good day. But to be honest, the journeys aren't too bad. It's then the two hour, two and a half hour session that he's just got to sit there twiddling his thumbs with. So that's not great. And then you and him on the way back, would you would you talk about training? Would you talk about football or would you just be too tired? Would you be asleep in the back of the car? Uh, a bit of both. Sometimes, like, if I'd had a rubbish rubbish session, I'd have heard about it because he would have told me I had a rubbish session as well as knowing myself. Oh, would he be quite, would he, would he be quite um, critical? Would he I be keeping an eye on you? Yeah. Games, games in particular, yes, because at that age, like, your coach was never too harsh on you and he's always wanted the best for me and I think for him that was, like, like helping me learn. When you when you are supported like that, when you when you've one parent who's spending that amount of time with you, would that cause friction? Because you've got other sisters, right? You've got oh, so yeah. you get all that it's, daddy time. That must be hard on on other members. Yeah. Do they play football? No, so neither of them do anything that I guess takes a lot of my parents' time. Which um, up until recently, I've I've found that I do feel quite guilty for. But before, I never used to think that it was changing much or. I, to be honest, I didn't really think of it much of a pr- privilege to be in the car with my dad because yeah. most of the time I was getting a bollocking or he was having a go at something. So I was kind of like, honestly, guys, like you're not missing out on much. Um, but now I realise like the time wise was actually a lot more valuable than I remember. And um, looking back at it now, like even when I drive now, he misses it. Don't get me wrong. He won't admit it, but he does miss taking yeah. me. But um my sisters spend a lot more time with them now, which I prefer and I do, I do like. And it also, it means there's not so many arguments between the family, which helps so much. 
Because I can imagine as well, because I know your sisters idolise you, right? Because you're, you're kind of, I, I don't want to give you a big head because I know you're, you're, you're fairly inflated as it is. But, but you're, you're kind of the perfect big sister, aren't you? I think, I think it works both ways. Like my sisters say a lot of the time that when they go to new schools or they, they, they do things in, in the community that it's kind of like, oh, like you're Emily's sister. And I, that's not them. Do you get what I mean? Like they have their own identity, like they have their own names. And my sister did athletics to a high level for a couple years. And when we'd go to family events, it was always like, oh, like this is Emily, like the footballer. And then it's like Olivia and Orla. And so I, I think there was actually a period of time that I, I felt quite guilty because don't get me wrong, Olivia, like we used to argue quite a lot, whereas actually I'm a lot closer to her now because we both matured and we both grown up. But before it was kind of like, it's always a comparison. They, I feel like they, they'd compare themselves to me quite often or other people would compare themselves, which is it's not the case. Like we do totally separate things. Yes, I play football, but actually Olivia could, like Olivia wants to be a lawyer and Olivia could have a debate with you for over an hour longer than that. Mm. And there's some things that me and my sister couldn't do. And I think that Orla, Orla enjoys it at the moment because like, her the boys in her year especially think oh like your sister's a footballer that's so cool but I think when she gets older I know for a fact Olivia's a decent footballer but she won't ever play for a club because she doesn't want to be compared to me which makes me like it feels shit because that's not fair but at the same time if, if the roles were reversed I probably would do the same thing just as you mentioned it there like boys and football so do the boys just <laughs> That's probably a handy enough line for you, is it? Just to say that you play football. I mean, Has I it always been sometimes. like that? Have they always been a bit wowed by you boys? <laughs> I think, yeah, like, on the friendship side of things, but get, getting a boyfriend isn't the easiest thing if you're better at football than them, I'll tell you that now. <laughs> <laughs> you see, just stop nutmegging them and they'll be grand, you know? I think that's what it is. Oh. I, I imagine just for someone who's, who's young, it's a lot of pressure to play club football like that isn't it i think i think the pressure came with the the education side of things trying to balance both i was quite lucky this year with how things turned out probably the only positives come out of covid um was the fact that it was teacher assessed grades and i was actually allowed to go on my loan spell and not be in class but um but you're an academic was, you're an academic girl right like you're not yeah like i'm not bad I, I do, I do. Don't get me wrong. I do question sometimes whether my grades would be any better if I was like everyone else that would leave school and would go home and revise, and then they'd be done for the night and they'd go to bed. Whereas I was always finding the hour or the extra twenty minutes before or after football to get some revision in, or the night before an exam. It's really I hard would... for a young person. Like, it's hard enough to sit down and study, but to go and train at the level that you're probably training mm -hmm. at, at somewhere like Arsenal or Chelsea, and mm -hmm. then also try and do your study. And I'm sure you get a bit of leniency in school because of what you're doing, do you? Sometimes, yeah. Um, I, I, I never really looked for the leniency because I didn't want to be put on a, a different level to anyone else because at the end of the day, they're allowing me to do to, to go and train during the day or they're allowing me to play football so I should be able to give them back. I think I think the sacrifice was the social life entirely. Um, I have close friends but not very many friends because 
the friends that I do have understand the sacrifice and understand that it might sound stupid, but even like if I can't meet them, my replies on social media or text are slow because I've got so much going on and I'm trying to get so much done that like my phone is probably the last thing I look at. Um, They know that if they want to get me or they want to contact me, I'll I'll pick up a phone call, but messages and Snapchats and Instagrams, I'm probably the last to reply to. Wow, which is alien, right? For your age group, isn't it? it. Which is completely alien. Tell me this, you you got a call for England. When did you start playing for England? Um, I was... 14 they used to be called national performance camps and then um under 15s i made my debut in switzerland which was unreal and i was 15 14 wow Mm, yeah do you take those moments in do you acknowledge them or is it just is it just are you too busy to to kind of realize the that you're too cool yeah yeah. (laughs) I don't know I don't know if it's like too cool or like I do have to remind myself sometimes to like pause and just take a moment because I found that with football I've travelled to so many places that not many people my age would have done Um, which in itself like whenever you do a fixture camp you won't just be playing football you'll have a day or two where you're out exploring like the culture and the the city or town you're in and I think that in itself sometimes I've just got to take a moment but the football side of thing that for my debut when I was singing the national anthem my mum cried and I she only told me this a couple of years ago whereas my dad found himself really emotional yet not being English which yeah, shocked yeah. him he cried for a different reason but Lots, you, you, literally l- l- it shocked him while we're in this you, you you didn't you have trials for Ireland didn't you didn't they weren't they, they were, I say you trials for Ireland wasn't Ireland trying uh, to scoop you up at one stage Murphy she, they were weren't they yeah you came over I, and say um, hello anyway and have a training session <laughs> did you yeah I was approached by the coach and this is we didn't have any England camps and I hadn't played a professional cap for England yet for the women's team and I thought that yeah 100% I'd want to give it an opportunity new environment um, great bunch of girls I absolutely loved it uh, a lot more than I thought I would because of the the age of myself in comparison to most of the girls but I it was a great experience and they were a lovely group of girls and I said that let me I need to finish my youth football and then I'll see where everything takes me because there's, there's pros and cons on both sides and at the end of the day, I know people say, yeah, but it's it's playing for your country. Like, what is your country? Mm. But I think I'm, I'm as English as I am Irish. Yes, I've lived in England, but I'm pretty sure if my dad had a chance, he would have let us live in Ireland. <laughs> I'm sure he would. <laughs> I tell me this, I want to get into this side of things. Things like self-belief, right? Because mm-hmm. in, 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 in a game like football, where I imagine it's so competitive for places... Yeah. Where do you get that from? Where do you where do you find self-belief? Or how do you keep yourself emotionally buoyant? I think self-belief can be perceived as like negative in some ways. Um you're you'll hear the you hear the term of like, oh like don't don't let your head get too big or keep yourself grounded. And I think like personally with self-belief, it it needs to be you need to have a big ego, you need to have a big personality but keep it to yourself because at the end of the day, like football is a business and it is cutthroat. And there's some times where you're going to be the only person believing in yourself. And I think that making sure that's always like 
at the, the forefront of your mind is is the most important thing because if you don't believe in yourself then there's not many people that are going to believe in yourself it's like i don't know to give you an example of when you're selling something and you're trying to pitch something you have to invest yourself into that product as much as you want them to invest because at the end of the day this is the product i am the product and i i want to get to the best and i want to be the best and i think investing in yourself that much like that's probably step one it's amazing how you can your brain has such a power i was watching i was with um mahi the other day little mm -hmm. mahi and she was lying to me and i knew she was lying but she was so invested in this lie yes. i could tell she 100 percent had convinced herself what she was saying was the truth and i was i was like what it's just amazing how much how you could trick yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, what, no, about what about representation for you? Like, like, who are who do you look up to, or who do you who do you get inspiration from, or who is, is there anyone? Yeah, to be honest, like obviously, as I was younger, I always looked up to my dad because he was playing a high level of rugby at his age, and I used to think it was so cool. Like there'd be people watching the games, and even if it was only like fifty, a hundred people plus, like I still thought it was unbelievable. And then um, I went and watched my first ever women's game, and it was Chelsea women, and I was a ball girl. And at that point, there was probably not even a thousand people there, and it was a top league game, but it was just one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. And um, as two players, Fran Kirby, who was playing for Chelsea at the time and still does play for Chelsea, and I was fortunate enough to train and play a season with her. She was, yeah, she was unbelievable. She was just everything I wanted to be. She was in my position. She was fast. She was fearless. And then Georgia Stanway, who um, I was lucky enough to play against this year and last year. She plays for Man City and I admire her because she's done everything I want to do at such a young age. She played for her national team. She played for England, I think, at the age of 19. She was selected for a World Cup. She's gone to major tournaments. She won bronze medal with her under-19s. Like it was, it was just unbelievable what she's achieved at such a young age. And even now, like she starts for England and Man City, and she's 21, I want to say 22. And I just think that's extraordinary. That's amazing. Who, like, do you have something... Like, I, I found, this is just in my own passage through life, that sometimes um, the people around you who you think are going to always be really supportive, like your friends and stuff like that, sometimes they lack the same determination or belief that you might have in yourself. Did you have strong support around you or did you rely on yourself mostly? I think family-wise, I've always had strong support. Um, whether that's distant relatives or immediate family, I've always had support. I think with friends, it's harder because quite a lot of them don't really understand not just the sports side of things, but the sacrifice side of things. Um, my close friends, my closest friends I have in football because they understand and they can empathise and it just makes a lot more sense to them and I, I couldn't have had more support from them. I think it's hard when you're in a team with those friends because yes, they want the best for you, but at the same time, they're coming for your shirt or they're coming for your position. It is hard. I meant to ask you, like, because like, you've gone through the ranks at a certain level and mm -hmm. you're progressing, I know you're progressing probably faster because of your talent than a lot of girls your age would, right? But you must have made friends 
who, as you've moved along the different tiers, just haven't mm-hmm. quite made it. How how, yeah. how is that for them and how is that for you? I think it's harder for them. The biggest thing I found when I was when I was making my debut for Chelsea at 16 or doing things at the age of 16 that everyone thought it had to be done at 16 and like it was unheard of for me to do it and I, I was just as shocked as most people. It was kind of an expectation then that it should be done at that age and if you're not doing it at that age or within the next couple of years then you're doing it wrong. But there's so many girls, like experiences and people that I've spoken to that actually like are where they are today because of what they didn't get when they were younger. It scares me in some sense because I almost question whether there's a possibility I could have peaked too soon or like plateaued in a sense where actually, yeah, that's amazing. But now what? Like no one's going to remember that in a couple of years. And what are you doing? Like... That's why a big thing about game time comes in. Yeah, amazing, you're playing for Chelsea and you've had a few appearances, but they don't need you anymore. You're too young and you're not good enough to play in that team day in, day out. So what are you going to do? How are you going to get yourself to the next level? And most of the time that involves taking a step back or playing for a lower league or playing for a lower club or getting some minutes, but not many minutes. There's, there's loads of different paths, I think, and most people I know understand that, but there's always going to be people that you have to you have to help support because there's nothing worse than wanting someone to succeed but not succeeding yourself. Like I've experienced it in many things, and I'm sure you have too. And it's it's hard, but that's when it really becomes about believing in yourself rather than others. And if you're not going to back yourself, then who is? It's hard as well when you put everything into like. It's Roy the Rover stuff. I remember saying it to your dad a few yeah. times. Like this is just Roy the Rover stuff, isn't it? Like mm. it's you know getting you know getting all these places in England calls and you know being so young and and do you envision a life outside of football ever? Is that ever yeah. on your radar? Like I think that's that's one of the reasons for my degree route. I have like I'm at the point now, which I think most of my teammates were when I was doing well I'm at a point now where all my friends are signing professional contracts and they're getting these new houses and wages and I'm like I'm in awe of it I am but then I because you've been offered a professional contract right yeah yeah but now I'm in I'm in a position where I'm like short term that's amazing but football's a short short career women's football I think is even shorter because you haven't got that huge bank to rely on when you retire um as possibly the men do but I think it's also, do I want to be playing football for the, for the rest of my life? Or do I want to be involved in football for the rest of my life? I've spent so long and so much time and concentrated so much energy in like, people I'm surrounded by in football. Maybe in 20 years' time, I, w- I might want to change. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm so open to it. Because but I, I think, think that's, that, a, that's a mature way to look at it, right? Because you, like, you have a professional... What's funny... And it, it kind of does spark that thing in my head. Like, if you were a boy and you were playing mm-hmm. in men's league, like if you were to sign a, a contract like you've been offered, that would kind of set you up, right? It would be yeah. huge yeah. money. Like, it's probably the same as... Grand to put, it into, three, context, three, four, to put yeah. it into context, a male player playing in the top league, signing his first professional contract at 18, would be earning more than 85, 90% of female, even at the top level of female footballers in general. Whereas 
female uh, 18 year olds earning their first ever professional contract would be in a low, a low wage bracket, yeah. but still decent for an 18 year old, but Absolutely. it doesn't progress much further which is the issue. But there's a movement at the moment, right? The, yeah. Isn't the WSL, aren't they going on to Sky soon? Is that next season? Yes, that's, that's, that'll be huge for teams, for players. But you've decided you're going to go down the scholarship route and, and then you were shopping with, is that in the UK or in the States or where are you thinking? So I'm headed to the States at the end of the month. Um, it's, been in the, it's been in the works for the last couple of years as it seemed like a no-brainer. 100% scholarship, free education, free football, and also life experience. Like, I couldn't think of anything cooler for my age. And then when I started playing in the professional league, my head was swayed a bit, I'll be completely honest. Not entirely by the money, more the lifestyle of a professional footballer. I wasn't, I wasn't going to school. I was turning up to training. I was spending the full day at football. I was going home and I was relaxing. And I think for me, that was huge because I'd never had that freedom and that's that time. Whereas in America, I can, I can do both. I can play football to a high level, but I can have my education and my academics working like together with my football, which has never been the case. Football or education have always worked around each other. And I think that to be given the opportunity for something that I don't have to stay. I, I might not enjoy it and I might come back, but I'm not going to know unless I try. So I've decided to fly out to the States um, and complete a four-year degree in the University of North Carolina, which is our top university. And That's Jordan's old great, university, is it? UNC North Carolina. UNC, is that not Michael Jordan's old university? Yes, it yes, is. Yes. Look at you yeah, fucking mixing it up with Jordan. <laughs> Like it, yeah, 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 yeah. What are you going to study, yeah? Uh, global studies, so it's the combination of geography, law and politics. That's a huge interest of mine, like the, the injustice and insecurity of third world countries. And I think that would be an unbelievable thing to go and do after my career. Talk to me about injuries, right? Because mm -hmm. I think any athlete, and, and I just know from, from phone calls and texts and everything else, from a young age you've been you've been knocking heads right you've been you've had a few knocks yeah literally yeah I haven't been the most fortunate with my injuries um I had a concussion just over two years ago now which took me out for over six months um it was a scary time for my family especially because I don't remember much um from that period at all I took a knock to the head I was kicked in the side of the head and I felt fine. I um, carried on playing the next day. I felt fine, carried on playing the next day. And then I don't remember what happened, but I just collapsed. And from then on, it kind of kind of goes blank um, until I woke up in hospital. I'd had a severe concussion. I'd had uh, a form of fit, which I'd never had before. And my two younger sisters and both my parents were there to watch the whole thing, oh, wow. um, which I think scared them uh, quite a lot. Concussions normally take four to six weeks, if that. Um, after we, we waited the extended period of time of six weeks because it was quite severe. And every time I tried to get back to football, it just wasn't happening. I then had to go through uh, hospital appointments and private vestibular therapy, which is basically 
I damaged my vestibular in my brain, which is your balance, your cognitive reasoning. Um, it, it wasn't great. It wasn't great at all. And Did you think football was slipping away from a personal point of view? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure as an athlete, yeah. that's all you're really thinking about, right? Yeah, there was, there was a period where I couldn't form sentences 100% and I couldn't understand people very well. And like, that wasn't even just a football concern. That was like a, that was like a life concern. What was going to happen? I was in the middle of my GCSEs. Could I not sit my GCSEs? I can't even understand what my parents are saying to me. Like I'd be in the car and my dad would be like, are you ready to go in? And I, I wouldn't know where I was or why I was there. And it, it was scary. Really? And it was scary for my parents because in their head, they thought we've only ever known football. Yes, she's got her education, but what are the chances of losing both from one injury? And um, from then on, like injuries come and go and, muscular and physical injuries but this was a real shock to, to my club to me and to my family especially which you bet you were so that. lucky because you bounced back really well you had big you'd big a big year after that right i think it was it was long overdue i'd always said like my comeback's going to be so much bigger and better but then there was also in the back of your head like shit something could still happen but i think if you're not like everyone lives with a risk and yes mine was bigger than others or Mine was more prominent than others, but at the end of the day, if you're not living with a risk, then like, I don't know, it doesn't make it as enjoyable. If you were given advice to like a younger athlete, you know, someone mm. who, who was on the fence with, you know, taking the next step into, into whatever sport they're into or whatever they're into, what mm. advice would you give them? I think two main things I'd say is how much do you want it? Because I know too many people that, have kind of thought about it their parents have kind of pushed them more than they thought and they've never really enjoyed it but they've still sacrificed so much and they've now got to a point five years down the line where it wasn't quite for them is that but common my, you know you know other athletes whose yeah. parents kind of just wanted them to yeah it's it's so common because it seems stupid but quite a lot of parents probably try live their ideal lifestyle through their kids I know so many people that played football when they were younger and look back at it and could not honestly tell you why they played. Like they had no interest in it or if they did, they were never good at it. So they wouldn't enjoy going to training. Um, a big thing I'd say is if you want to do it, just do it. Because like even when I was growing up, I was never playing in the girls team because there weren't any girls teams. I was a girl playing in the boys teams and I was turning up to training and no one liked me because at that age, it was like, what the hell is a girl doing at our training sessions? And it's shit. Like, there's no two ways about it. It's, it feels rubbish. And you do have to earn a level of respect, which, which the lads that just turn up for a session don't have to earn. But I wouldn't change it for anything. It's taught me so many things. And if anything, it makes winning even better because yeah. it's almost like a two fingers up. Yeah, uh, you're a badass. Yeah. I love it. That's so good. I'm so fucking proud of you right now. That's the best. Mm. Yeah. But just honestly, like, if you want it, go for it. And I don't think there's many things that will stand in your way if you want it enough. And be willing, be willing to make the sacrifice or open to the sacrifice. I don't have as many friends or I don't go to parties like my mates do. Like you're 18, oh, you can drink now. Or let's be real, everyone's drinking before 18. And that was never really me. And um, I don't regret it, but I do question whether I missed out. 
and you'll always question if it's worth it but i guess we won't we won't know yet listen we'll you're see. you're you're off for england soon aren't you yeah I, I just came back um two days ago actually and then i'm off again on the 22nd so the just just the end of the to? month george's park so where the the men are for their for the euros right now that's their their home to of train. Of course, I should, I should place this. This is the day after England uh, uh, beat, uh, sorry, who were they beating last night? Uh, Denmark, right? Yeah. They'll probably have that penalty yeah. in the English Museum with all the other shit they robbed. <laughs> um, but, but, so you got the final on Sunday. You're probably very excited about that, are you? Yeah, over the moon. And um, it should be unbelievable. I'm, I've just tried to look at tickets this morning and I don't know anyone's bank account that's going to be able to take <laughs> take that hit. But um, we play Czech Republic in a friendly fixture at the end of the month, which should be good. You know when you make, you know when you, because I know how much sacrifice there is, right? And I, I, I know how hard you work because I know how talented you are, but I know how hard you train as well. Is there, is there moments where all the sacrifice, like... It seems really, really worth it. Is like, what are those moments? Is it walking through an airport in an England tracksuit, or is it, is it scoring? Is it something as simple as that? Is it just, is it winning? I think it's going to sound minor, but being somewhere and someone recognizing you—not for oh, you're that you're that famous footballer because I'm not, but just people that live in my area, Windsor's not a huge place, and just someone being like, oh, like, I don't know you, but keep it up, like, you're smashing it, like, it's obvious you're smashing it. And I think for me, that's, that's class, like, for someone to know about my achievements without knowing me directly or without knowing me indirectly, just, like, keeping up to date, that's when it's like, yeah, no, I'm not getting pissed every night, and I'm not boozing up with my mates but actually people know about me and people can appreciate that yeah I'm taking the sacrifice but they're proud of me in a sense even if they don't know me yeah you're a po- you're a positive role model for girls I know no one likes to be called a role model but but you are do you get me like it's that's what I meant no, earlier I, on I by being a, a great big sister like you're you're yeah. you got your head when, screwed when on was, very well when I was playing for Chelsea the after my debut, after the game finished, I was walking into the change rooms and everyone said, what are you doing? Like, you've got autographs to sign and you've got photos to take. And that was the first real moment where I was like, shit, like, there are, there are younger girls that want to take photos with me that know my name. There was even some girls that had Murphy 35 printed on the back ah, of their shirts. And that's so that cool. Was just, that's so cool. That was like, that was dreams yeah. there. And I think... Because I know when I was younger, like the things I do to have a conversation and I, my parents were so annoyed because it was after my debut and they wanted me to go over to them first things first. And it must've been around half an hour till I got round to them because I wanted, like I was saying to them, like, who do you play for? Like, what position are you? Because it might seem like such a small engagement, but I know for a fact when I was younger, that was, that was making my year easily. And I think I've always had that, like people, I know that I've been reaching out on social media like, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? 100% I'll do it because I know if I don't, then I have no reason for it. Like, why wouldn't I? And that was, yeah, that was pretty extraordinary. That was probably the moment that I was like, yeah. 
I meant to ask you, you were on, you were on loan, right? Yeah. Where were you playing? I, um, so we had the Champions League with Chelsea and game time was going to be limited because of how big the squad was. So I asked my manager if I could go on loan and I wasn't 18 yet. So it was kind of a, sh a shot in the dark, but she let me go on loan. Um, with the agreement, I came back and I didn't sign a professional contract because I'm a homegrown Chelsea player. Yeah. And uh, I did. I, I went to Birmingham, which, to be honest, wasn't the, wasn't the plan. When I'd said on loan, I was provided I still lived at home, thinking more Reading or Tottenham, and that was even at a push. Uh, yeah, and she rang me and said, Birmingham, Birmingham want you. And I was like, okay, how's this going to work? Um, what am I doing? Where am I living? Am I commuting every day? I'd only just passed my test. And um, it worked. I uh, played for Birmingham for the second half of the season from December. That's so, a lot of growing up, Em, isn't it? It's oh, like, yeah. That, it's a, that like, was Because living hard. your way from home, where are you living in a hotel or something? Yeah, I, I had, um, because of the pandemic, like buying and buying accommodation or an Airbnb was a bit up in the air. I lived in a hotel for just over a month, which might not seem too bad, but was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. It was the most lonely experience I'd had, which wasn't meant to be the plan if I was playing for a new club yeah. and I was meeting new people, but nothing was open. Um, dinner was like supermarket food every night. I was going to football and I was coming back and I was just sitting in this room by myself. And it was hard and it, it almost made me think like, do I want to do this? Like I spent my 18th birthday by myself in a hotel room. Who does that? No one. You know That's I mean? insane. That's... You should have rang me. It would have been on the first flight to Birmingham. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's tough. But 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 that's not the first time because you've been away with England. You've been, you've, you kind of have to mature. You have to be mature. Has it made you mature faster or were you just mature anyway? No, it's it's matured me a lot. Uh, a first team environment will do that to you anyway because you're the smallest fish in such a big pond with players that have so much experience and I was like wasn't even an adult and still yeah I'm 18 but I still wouldn't say I'm, I'm, I'm as mature as most adults I know it's more reality hits you a lot quicker than I think it will hit other people and you're exposed to a lot more than in kids my age are which is a which is can be a good thing, but um, it does definitely mature you, and you grow up. You grow up a lot quicker. Like I don't know many people that lived away from home at the age of seventeen, eighteen. But again, it was a sacrifice that I don't regret. Yeah. It was hard, but I got so many minutes in the WSL. I scored goals. That's that's what I was there to do. And then tell me this: How's Dad going to cope if you're if you're going off stateside? There must be high emotions in your head. Is he going to drive you from class to training or something? No, you're not allowed to take him with you. Nah, I, no one's actually flying out with me because they'd have to quarantine and uh, they're not allowed on campus and it just it becomes a bit of a hassle. That's hard, My dad will isn't never it? That's say, a little bit hard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's, that's going to be difficult. More so for my parents, I think, because they we've never even seen the university. We haven't had the opportunity to fly out because of the pandemic. And we're kind of at a position where they'd love to go, but it's just not worth the grief. And my parents will have to take time off work. And I think what we're going to do is I'm going to fly out 
I'm going to settle in. And then the soonest opportunity, they can all fly out. They said they would. So it's probably going to be Christmas, which isn't the worst thing, but changes definitely the dynamic of how it normally is and probably heightens emotions, I can imagine. And have you have you a boyfriend? No, I don't have a boyfriend. I, I did have a boyfriend, um, but I got to the point where there wasn't there wasn't much point in either of us for dragging it on because I was I was inevitably going to leave and it wasn't really fair on either of us but I'm I'm still really good friends with him and I prefer that because I can still have a conversation with him and it'd be just as normal but at the same time I haven't lost him as as a friend which I think can happen with ex, exes and whatnot but no we ended on really good terms and it was for Football, yeah, for football, as it as it normally tends to be. So wow. So listen, I. So all you have to do is either you pick Man United or um, Ireland, right? And you'll be in my good books forever. Just one Sweet of them. As. One of them. One yeah. of them. Is it coming home, Emily? Is it coming home? This is the question. Is it coming home? <laughs> oh, don't even ask questions like that. We'll see. We'll see how this this uh, uh, episode ages now uh, by the time this comes oh. out on Tuesday. But um, Emily, can I just say, like, you're so cool. You're so fucking cool, girl. I'm, you've <laughs> always been a cool kid. You've always been a super cool kid. But I've been amazed to watch you grow up and the things that you've achieved. I think um, there's very few people like you. But I think you're a real, a real positive role model especially for women and i love the way the wsl i love the way it's starting to expand i think there's going to be real exciting things happen happening in women's sport and i think you'll be right in the fucking middle of it and i love that that makes me very proud but i'm proud of you anyway i also think your parents i gotta like honestly like you're i have 18 year olds at home i know what ungrateful shits you can be that the hard work and driving and thankless Oh my God, all that stuff. I just think the combination of that and how talented and dedicated you are to what you do, I just can't see you ever, even when you fail, you'll be winning, girls, because um, you're brilliant. You're brilliant. I'm very, very proud of you. So I'll say that. And on that note, I'll let thank you go you. do whatever you're going to do. Um, thanks so much, Emily. Anytime. Honestly, I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's this been is, nice. This is our... This is our monthly catch-up done <laughs> now, is it? it? <laughs> this is it. Um, I'll be to you very soon anyway, Em, yeah? She's so cool. I just... She's so cool. She's so, really, really cool. Badass. She's, she's, a badass. she's a badass. She's a badass. So listen, you know, I don't know. What, what, do, I, what do I think this week? Um, I think sacrifice is the backbone of success. And it's the bit people they never see. But make no mistake, my friends. It's always there. Sacrifice always 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 comes before any type of success just sometimes when i love something i don't notice the sacrifice that's why sometimes when you start getting paid for something you love it can start to feel like a job because well the romance is lost a little it feels like a job because well it is a job there's millions and millions of books on success but the truth is it really isn't rocket science. I've, I've read a lot of them and they're kind of the same thing. Get up early, do this, you know, manage your day, go to... It's all the same shit, always. Because it always comes down to what's my perception of success? What it means to me? What am I aiming for? You see, sometimes I think people are succeeding and they don't even realize it because they're too impatient. 
They don't acknowledge their achievements and their wins. I have to take time to do this. It'll give me motivation. It's the little wins, the little achievements that become the foundations of everything I'm going to build on. Success isn't a feckin' accident. You know, it's not accidental. I can't con- I can't control anything outside of me and what I'm doing. The rest is just the universe playing out. If I don't sacrifice for what I want, what I want becomes the sacrifice. Do you get me? Yeah. And hey, that's okay, you know, uh, but that really comes down to me. It, it kind of comes down to how much am I willing to alter my life to achieve the things I want? What am I going to do with the time with the time I'm given? And this is if I want to be a footballer, if I want to be a musician, if I want to lose weight, whatever my goal is, I need to be very clear what success means to me and what does that road look like? And if I fail, that's fine because I'll learn. But what's my next plan? What other routes are available to me? It's funny, as a parent or a peer or just a friend, I think it's important to encourage people, especially young people, to pursue what they love instead of pissing all over people's dreams, which happens when our own dreams sometimes have maybe vanished a little out of sight. It's important to explain to those people we care about or at least remind them that, I suppose, it remind them about sacrifice and focus and goal setting. But more than anything, it's to explain the mathematics of success. And that simply comes down to the hours and minutes and seconds I'm willing to steal off my day-to-day life every single day to focus and learn and listen and grow in that thing I want to succeed in. See, as you get older, um, I can tell you this, as you get older, time is harder to sacrifice because responsibilities eat into available hours. As parents, we have to work out this kind of um, life algorithm all the time we spend more time at work to earn more money to provide for our children and give them a better life but then that ponders the question am i sacrificing so much time that i've valued money over time with my kids is it worth it for a fucking playstation 5 or a family holiday to portugal i only you know only i can answer that question look how many marriages have broken down over people valuing success over their relationships look at your jeff bezos and your bill gates of the world all the billions and all the success, what a lot of people would think, you know, that kind of wealth would give you everything you could need to be happy. They could construct empires, but they couldn't mend their relationships because maybe they sacrificed too much. And only they can tell you, was it worth it? You know, and I'll be honest, sometimes the juice might not be worth the squeeze having to sacrifice time with your family and friends and people you love time spent living your life time spent on other things but you see only i know what i want or not and that's the first question you really have to ask yourself how bad do you really want it well that's that's what i think i don't know i don't know i'm just banging it out there you know um listen if you've enjoyed the podcast, um, I'd love you to uh, give it a nail like there. You can leave a comment. Uh, you can follow. Subscribe. You can subscribe, share it to your mates, do all that jazz. Uh, you can get me on all my social media um, at Bashmawi on Instagram or Bazashmawi on Twitter. Um, love any feedback from you guys. That would be absolutely amazing. Um, in this, in this one, especially to Emily. Good luck in the cup. Woo! Woo! <laughs>